This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, I got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and I, I must be a radio for me every time I, I'm in the camp city. This show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good cook. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I am here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., wide awake and ready to talk with you about the world of your mind and how it affects your sports performance, along with my producer, Jed Marshall, who's also wide awake today, thankfully. We are here and ready to take your calls and get into discussions about the mental side of sports. As you know, I'm here every Sunday. I've been here for the last 17 years, been on the radio in Kansas City for 27 years, been in practice as a sports psychologist for 37 years, and I've worked with athletes at all levels of competition from youth sports all the way up to the Olympic and professional level. I love doing this show each week because we get into topics that I think are pertinent to what's going on in the world of sports right now and how it affects your lives as a parent, as a coach, as an administrator, as an athlete, as a fan. And I try to get in discussions with you about topics that I think you will want to talk about. And today, I thought, you know, when we, when we talk about mindsets, one of the things that intrigues me as a sports psychologist, and when I started back in 1981, I went around town interviewing to work to try to find a job because no one had heard of sports psychology here. And I interviewed at UMKC, Rockers, William Jewell, and Avila. None of the athletic directors were interested. In fact, one of the athletic directors told me, this is all hocus-pocus and witchcraft. We don't deal with this. And that is a direct quote from this uh, elderly gentleman who had no clue what he was talking about. Now today, sports psychologists are all over the place. Not all, but a lot of teams have them on staff, full-time, or as consultants. And the mindsets of athletes, the mindsets of coaches, the mindsets of, of competition, I think have, have become a topic and issue that we all want to look at. And I think to be really good, you have to have a good mindset. I always like to say you can have two athletes of equal physical skill, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. Why do I say that? Because it's true. You can be extremely physically talented, but if your mindset is not good, you won't do well. It might be a confidence issue. It might be a self-control issue. It might be an impulse control issue. You know, we can take Marcus Peters, who played for the Chiefs now, will be playing for the Rams. A great example a young man who obviously is extremely talented, but let's face it, the Chiefs got rid of him because of his attitude, his mindset. He had issues with self-control, at least from a, an outsider's view. I've never, I, I actually did meet him once at the airport, 
He couldn't have been any sweeter or nice young man. Very pleasant, very polite. But obviously when he gets on that field, his competitive juices start flowing and sometimes take over. And he goes over the edge, goes over that that pinnacle of where you want to be. And I'm guessing that's why the Chiefs got rid of him. We don't know. I don't work for the Chiefs. And obviously most of you who listen don't. And that's their own prerogative to do what they did. But I think you see this a lot with athletes who sometimes have trouble controlling themselves emotionally with their performance or their behavior. They may great, greatly physically talented young men or women, but self-control is a problem. I recently was on a panel in New York two weeks ago uh, the Oxygen Channel put on a hour-long Facebook live stream about Aaron Hernandez. And I was on the show with four other people, a moderator, a psychology professor from Marist College, a uh, lady who does a legal podcast in North Carolina, and a young man who covers the Patriots for NBC in Boston. And uh, the Oxygen Channel did a special last weekend on Aaron Hernandez and his life. And we talked about a variety of things, doing a lot of research on him and his background. Obviously a very physically talented young man, but a very troubled young man. If you know the story of Aaron Hernandez, he grew up in Connecticut, was named the Connecticut High School Senior as a senior, the Connecticut Gatorade Player of the Year. Went to the University of Florida for three years, then went drafted after his junior year to the Patriots. And then played in the Super Bowl and then was convicted of murder and then hung himself in jail. But here's one of the interesting things as I did all this research about him. Never was anything mentioned, nor has anything come up, that Aaron Hernandez ever got any help. As a 16-year-old, his father died while he was having surgery for a hernia, very close to his father. And all the information stated that after that, he started to have behavioral issues, acting out, no record of any legal issues, but then went to the University of Florida and immediately got into trouble. Had Had an altercation in a bar, There were a couple of other issues pertaining to guns. But what was interesting about this for me, as we read through the information and talked about it, there was no indication ever he had any counseling. Nobody ever tried tried to help him out. Urban Meyer, who was the coach at Florida, said, well, we tried to get him to go to Bible study and become friends with Tim Tebow. Now, that's great, but that's not going to solve his problems. He had issues he had to deal with. And what was interesting was there were 21 athletes on that football team that had legal issues playing under Urban Meyer at Florida. 21 in an article we read in the New York Times. And after Meyer left, Will Muschamp became the head coach and immediately got rid of one of the players who had serious legal issues. And this player then blasted Muschamp for letting him go, say, Coach Meyer would have never let me go. He'd been fine with me. Well, The mindset, the attitude of athletes is such a key issue in 
life. It, well, forget being an athlete. It's the mindsets of people, how we conduct ourselves, how we behave ourselves. Do you have integrity? Do you treat people the way you want to be treated? Obviously, that's an issue in our country right now with a lot of people in politics. But in sports, all this ends up affecting your confidence. And it affects how you feel, how you believe in yourself, how you perform, how you act. You know, I've had the privilege for 37 years of working with athletes at all levels. I was the Olympic cycling team psychologist for eight years, from 82 to 88. I got to go to three world championships and the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles, where we won nine medals, had not won any in 72 years. And I spent a lot of time with these young men and women. A lot of them, well, they were, they were from all over the place, different backgrounds, different upbringings, some very poor, some very wealthy. But they had one common denominator. They wanted to win. They wanted to succeed. And in the conversations we had, some of them were very troubled young people that had troubled backgrounds. I spent a lot of hours at the Olympic Training Center and on competitions and on the road with these, these young men and women talking with them about life. And they appreciated the opportunity to have somebody to talk to who was a neutral person because that was what my role was. And one of the things I started to realize, and this is my third, in 84 is my third year in work. You know, it really all comes down to how you feel about yourself, how you believe in yourself when it comes to sports performances. It's that ability inside you to feel good about who you are. And if you have issues in your life, like Aaron Hernandez did, and you don't deal with them, it's all going to catch up with you eventually. Confidence is one of these things that I get people coming in to talk to me all the time about. Doc, how do I build my confidence up? How do, become, how do I become more confidence? Why don't I have any confidence? And my response to everyone who comes in and says they don't have any confidence is, well, first of all, you're wrong. You do have confidence or you would be dead. You wouldn't be able to get out of bed. You wouldn't be able to function. I mean, self-confidence to me is the belief in yourself and your abilities and your talents and your skills and your mindset. And let's face it, everybody's self-confidence level is at a different place. Right now, we have the NCAA tournament going into the Final Four. You had Michigan and Loyola of Chicago winning yesterday, and of course you have the local basketball players on Loyola of Chicago, so it's a great local interest story. Of course, they beat K-State, which obviously is a local interest story. And then today you've got KU playing Duke. And as many people say, the premier game of the Elite Eight. Who will win? Who will go on to the Final Four? Will it be talent? Will it be ability? Will it be mental toughness? Will it be confidence? What will come out in the end? How much will coaching play a role? I mean, you have two Hall of Fame coaches, Mike Krzyzewski and Bill Self, two of the greatest basketball coaches ever. They both understand the game. They both make great decisions with their players. So what team will win? We'll know about 6.30 tonight. How much will confidence play a role in that? I believe it will play a huge role. I believe it will be a key to which team wins along with the coaching, how the coaching techniques, the coaching gu guidelines, what, what they tell the athletes, to do, how they change defense, how they offensive strategy change, all that. But then it's going to come down to that confidence. You know, one of the things, and I've never met Devontae Graham, one of the things I admire watching him play 
And if you watch him closely, you see he rarely ever shifts his mindset when he's playing. If he misses a shot, he goes back on defense. If he makes a shot, he goes back on defense. If he throws a bad pass, tries to get a steal. He keeps playing. He doesn't strike me as the type of guy externally. And when I've heard him talk afterwards, it's just you got to go on to the next play. That is a confident young man. That's not a guarantee KU's going to win or lose a game, but that's a confident young man and a confident leader. Confidence to me is that belief that you can do something. Now, I want to open up our phone lines, and I'd like to hear from you. I've gone rambling on long enough about this. I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you build confidence in your athletes? How do you get them to believe in themselves to know they can do it? I don't care if it's male or female. I don't care if it's youth sports or professional. I don't care if it's collegiate, high school, elite, rec. How do you build confidence in your team, in your athletes? What do you do as a coach? What do you say as a coach to get your athletes to believe in themselves? You know, one of the interesting things to me is we spend hours and hours teaching our athletes to stretch, to physically get ready to play. What do you do to get them to get mentally prepared to play? How do you build their confidence up from day one? I think that as a coach, part of your job, and I, we say it in our book, Just Let Them Play, a good coach is a good psychologist. I always like to say a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. A good coach is able to analyze their players, his or her players, get them to understand how they can get better. If they're failing, not get them to be afraid of it, but to roll with it and learn from it and grow from it. Our third chapter in our book is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. Why? Because I think we don't teach kids how to fail the right way in sports. A lot of times they're yelled at, they're criticized, they're condescended. They get in a car driving home with mom and dad, and then mom and dad are all upset. And why'd you screw up? Why'd you strike out? Why'd you double fault? Why'd you miss that shot? Which you should say when you get in the car after a game, a competition. You know what? I'm proud of you. I love you. Let's go get something to eat. Don't criticize their sports performance. Now, if their behavior is bad, that's a different situation. But what I see so often, confidence being destroyed by coaches and parents and teammates because young people get criticized and insulted and degraded about screwing up. Well, I've never met anybody who hasn't screwed up. Have you? Jed Marshall, my producer, let me ask you this question. Have you ever met anyone who has never screwed up before? Aside from myself, no. Okay, there you go. An honest answer with a smile. Okay, so we all screw up. We all make mistakes. So how do you deal with that in sports? Good coaches teach their athletes to handle that better, to learn from it and grow from it. All right, I want to open up our phone lines. Our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you. If you're a parent, you're driving your kids to a game, you're sitting at home listening. How do you help your child build their confidence in their sport? If you're a coach and your team or one of the athletes on your team, 
their confidence is not there. And I'll go to this quickly before we go to our first commercial break. I watched K-State and Kentucky play. And I can't remember the, the Kentucky player's name who shot, I believe, over 20 free throws. And he kept missing them. He made, I think, four or five out of 18, I think at one point it was. And he gets to the line, and you look at him, and he'd shake his head. And I, I could tell right before he shot the ball he was going to miss it because he didn't have the confidence. It wasn't there. He doubted himself. You've got to have that belief, that ability, no matter what you've done before, that you can do it next. But that gets developed by practice, by routines, and by training. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our number is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're an athlete, you're a coach. How do you build confidence in your team, in your athletes? What do you say to a young man or woman or to your team when their confidence is not there, when you can tell it's slipping, when you can tell it's falling? Excuse me. How do you build it up? All right, let's get some calls in here. Let's get some discussions going. Our number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m., and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is the issue of self-confidence. And my question that I've thrown out there, and we have a couple callers online who we'll go to here in a moment, is how do you teach your athletes to build their confidence? And what do you do when you have an athlete who doesn't have confidence? You can tell it's waning. It's, it, it's not very strong or they're losing it. What do you do? We've got the Elite Eight going on today. KU's playing Duke. K-State lost yesterday to Loyola of Chicago. What a, what a great game. What a great story that is. That team, I mean, confidence and those guys, it's like exploding. You can see it in their, in their behavior and their demeanor and their mindset. Even if they had lost yesterday, I, I think they would be walking away so proud of themselves. And now they're playing in the Elite Eight with three players from Blue Valley Northwest. What a great story. 913-3810-810 is our number. We'll go first to Jim, then we'll go to Ralph. Jim, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Great. Thanks for calling in. Hey, uh, I used to coach a lot at the church I uh, go to from T-ball on up. And when I started coaching in T-ball, I mean coach pitch, I had a young lady that was on my team that could not hit a ball. And she always was down. And her nickname was Pickle because she likes eating pickles. And I gave all my kids nicknames. And I said, you know, Pickle, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't walk out to the plate dragging the bat. Put that bat on your shoulder. I said, and when you get the taste of your first hit, I said, I guarantee you everything that I'm teaching you, everything that – you know, you're learning. I even, uh, on down times, uh, talked to her parents. I was hey, can we meet at Coolcrest? And they go, why? I said, I'm just going to take her to the batting cages and have fun with her. Show her that the game is fun. And so. And that, excuse, hard- excuse me, Jim, that, that right there, you just succeeded just with that. But anyway, go ahead. But I said, uh, 
uh, your time will come. During the season, uh, she never got a hit. But we had playoffs, you know, we had a championship game and everything. And I was pitching. And I, I walked up to her and I put my hand on the shoulder. I said, you know, this is, this is going to be your time. And she looked at me and just gave me the biggest smile. And so I walked back to the pitching mound. On the third pitch, she swung and went over the second baseman's head. And so she ran to first, and, I, you know, I'm coaching. And I said, you know, keep going, keep going. So she made it to second. And the ball came in. I ran up to her at second base, and we hugged for like 30 seconds. And she looked at me. She says, hey, coach. I said, yeah, what's up, Pickle? She goes, we got a game to play. Go pitch. <laughs> so she went from playoffs to the championship. We made it to the championship. She went like 8 for 15 during our playoff and championship run. And about a couple months ago, I was at Oak Park Mall, and I felt somebody tap me on my shoulder, and I turned around. I said, Pickle. She's like 22, 23 years old now. She goes, everything that you taught me, Coach, I took to my life. You know, don't give up. Uh, if something's hard in college, you know, hey, once it clicks, it's going to come easy. And she says, I've taken that on through the rest of my life, what, what you taught me and the time that you spent with me. So that's one of my stories. I got thousands of them, but that's one that always sticks out in my well, head. Well, Jim, Jim, I want to thank you for calling and sharing that, first of all. Second, great job. Okay, because that's 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 what a coach should do. He should teach athletes to find a way to succeed. It doesn't mean they're going to get a hit. It doesn't mean that they're going to, to get a home run. It means they're going to enjoy it and learn from it. And and because she, what she told you at Oak Park Mall when she tapped you on the shoulder, you succeeded, sir. So I want to congratulate you on that. I appreciate it, my man. You have a good day. Thank you for calling and sharing that. Great story. All right, let's go next to, to Ralph Williams. Oh, Ralph, good morning. How are you? Good morning, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, turn your radio down, Ralph. We can hear it in the background there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turn turn your radio down, sir. Okay, there you go. Go ahead. Um, good morning, first of all, and thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, as a former player and now as a coach, one of the things I always was taught was you got to be, you have to fail before you can actually succeed. And so I can remember a time during the this, this season, I, I coach at Northeast. I'm the head varsity basketball coach there. And one of my players, and he was just having a bad time, and I was just telling him, as always, go on to the next play. The play is over. Remember, you must go on, move on to the next play. So he was still having a bad game, and I, I called the timeout, and I told him, I said, hey, I understand you're not trying to throw it away. You're not trying to throw the game away or you're trying to miss a shot or you're making a turnover. That's okay. But what I want you to do is just move on to the next play. And then at the end of the game, he made a, uh, a good pass, and then he knocked down a shot to help us win the game. And I told him at the end, in front of everybody, I said, I'm going to always we use the term rock with you. What that means is I'm with you all the way. No matter win or lose, I'm going to always be with you. And so that is just something that I share with my players, uh, um, just something that encourages encourage them to move on, to help them to become successful, not only on the court but off the court and then also in life. You know, that's I just a, want 
that, first of all, that's a great story, and you're doing it the right way. Let me let me ask you this question as a, as a high school basketball coach. How long have you been coaching, Ralph? This is my sixth year. Six. Actually, it was um, two as an assistant. I, I did one year at University Academy, and then I did, I'm sorry, another two years in Fort Worth at Polytech High School. But this is my fourth year at Northeast High School. Oh, so you're at University Academy for a while. Great place. Uh-huh. Yeah, Barnett Hellsberg's one of my best friends. Um, let me let me uh, ask you this question. Why do you think we don't teach kids about building confidence at younger ages? Why do you think, as a coach who's dealing with young men, right? do you coach girls or just boys? Just boys. Okay. Why do you think we don't teach kids how to build confidence at younger ages the right way. Because I think we, I think what we do is we condescend them and insult them when they screw up at younger ages instead of telling them it's okay, it's part of the game, it's the learning process. I see too many people in my office and in talks that I give who will tell me about things that coaches have said to them, degraded them, insulted them, teammates, fans, parents, because they made a mistake. And it's not like they're trying to screw up. Right. Right? So why do you think people do that? Why do you think as a coach – People do that to young kids. I think one is for instant gratification, and I think two, I don't think some parents understand there's a process. What I mean by the process, well, LeBron didn't become LeBron. One day he just woke up, and the next day he's LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball players in America. It's a process, and what I try to uh, explain to parents is that, yes, he's not going to get it now or she's not going to get it now. But once through hard work and they continue to practice and continue to get better, and then you will see it. But I think instant gratification nowadays has messed up the game of youth basketball, whether it's basketball, baseball. I just think a lot of parents want instant gratification. And so what happens is is that parents be on their kids so much, so hard, so tough, and that the, the, the um, player wind up eventually not liking the sport ever. Let me give you an example. I'm, I'm from Chicago, the west side of Chicago, and I was playing with a kid. I think he had one of the best talents in the Chicago area as a point guard. He kind of reminds you of Isaiah Thomas. And so after every game, he would, he would play bad, play bad, and literally him and his daddy would get into fist fights. Like they didn't know each other from, from one person to the other. The, guy didn't, the daddy didn't know his son, and the son didn't know his daddy. But eventually what happened was this kid just wind up growing up and now he doesn't even like sports. He won't even play sports. And I just think the instant gratification and then parents just, the parents must understand there's a process. In any sport there is, even in the classroom, is that you must follow the process. It must be the process that you follow. Well, you, you know, Ralph, you're reinforcing the things that I talk about on this show all the time. I talk about focus on effort, not results. And I emphasize, and that's why we wrote our book, Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Sports with my co-authors Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone. Because the whole emphasis we try to put in there is on, A, having fun, learning skills, learning fundamentals, and getting better, and learning that failing is okay. I mean, I've never met anybody who doesn't fail. I mean, KU's playing Duke today. KU's got, what, seven losses? I don't know what Duke has, five or six? They both okay. lost. Right. Okay. Well, one of them is going to be playing in the Final Four next Saturday. And one of them very very well may be playing in the National Championship game. None of these teams playing are undefeated. Everybody loses. 
Everybody fails. Everybody screws up. So your job as a coach, and it sounds like you're doing a great job of that, is to teach these kids it's okay. I know you don't want to. I know you know it's not what you're trying, but it's going to happen. No one gets it right every time. And you just have to keep. And that's why, to me, mental training is so important. And you do it in practice. You teach kids in practice to learn how to overcome adversity, learn how to overcome failure, learn that it's okay. Not that you want to do it, but you're going to do it, and it's okay, and you have to handle it. And if you can do that, then what happens, Ralph? Right. You become successful. Well, there you go. I want to thank you for calling in, sir. Great, great comments, great advice, and uh, continued success coaching, sir. Before I go, can I give you one? Let me give you one shining moment. Can I give you one shining moment? Go right ahead. There's a kid by the name of Andre Jackson that plays on Loyola, Chicago. I recruited Andre when I was in um, Fort Worth at Polytech. He came to Polytech for one year, left and went to Trimble Tech, then left Trimble Tech and went to Kennedale. Well, when you talk about mentality, I've been I've been listening to your show, the mental toughness. Andre John Jackson' family is not in the best situation right now. He has several siblings that's behind bars for whatever they've done, but Andre Jackson did not allow that to influence him of becoming a successful basketball player on and off the court. I just want to share that with you. Well, thanks for sharing that, sir. You know, we all have personal stories with people where we've impacted and affected them and learned things, and obviously you've done a lot of good things for a lot of people. Continued success, Ralph. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Take care. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. So our topic today is this. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Self-confidence. How do you build it up? How do you teach it? How do you develop it? But also, how do you destroy it? As a coach, what do you do? What do you say to destroy confidence in your athletes? Because you know what? It happens a lot. It happens a lot. And you know why it happens? I think a lot of the times it happens because coaches' egos get in the way. You start forgetting that these are human beings who are going to screw You know, it's one thing if you've got an athlete who's got behavioral issues. Who's, who's not acting right, who's out of control. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth, self-value. You know, I, I'm concerned with our society today because there's so much bullying going on. There's so much condescending statements being made about people. People think it's funny to insult people. I do not do that. I do not like that. I do not approve of that. I, and I see how it can affect people. I, I had somebody in my office uh, yesterday, soccer player. We were talking about this. He's, he's got a full-ride scholarship this fall to a, a pretty prominent school. And we've been working on his confidence. But he has a teammate who insults him all the time, picks on him. When he makes a mistake. And he says, Doc, you know, I just try to ignore it, but it's, it's wearing at me. It's, it's, it's ticking at me. I said, then you know what you need to do? You need to take him aside after practice one day and say, listen, i got to talk to you about something. I do not appreciate the things you're saying to me. I do not appreciate the way you're saying to me, and I don't like it, and you need to stop. He goes, Doc, he's just going to love that. I said, good, let him love it. And then what you do, if he keeps it up, then you go to the coach and you say, Coach, I've got a problem. I need your help. All right? I've been taking this stuff from this guy all year. 
But now I've gotten to a point where I've had enough. I've said something to him. I don't like it. I know he needs your help. And he says, well, isn't that, doesn't that mean I'm sort of weak if I have to go to the coach? I go, it doesn't mean you're weak at all. It means you're strong. It means you're strong enough to recognize there's a problem. See, too often confidence is destroyed and ruined and harmed in athletes and people because we're afraid to speak up. We're afraid to say anything. And so what happens is those degrading comments keep coming. You know, a lot of times coaches will say things to you that you take personally in the wrong way, and maybe the coach doesn't mean it, but it's how you interpret it. And that's why it's so important to speak up. That's why, you know, the, the, the march yesterday by all these students around the country I think is so great. They're speaking up about things that they, they, they want, that they need, they're scared of. And so I think it's important if you're an athlete and you're in a, you know, athletes, people view athletes as tough. They're strong. Well, you know what? They're people. I guarantee you LeBron James has emotions. As great a basketball player as he is, Steph Curry, James Hart, all those guys. You know what? They've got emotions. They've got feelings. They've got to deal with stuff. Kevin Love just wrote a huge essay on the mental health of athletes. And, and he's an NBA basketball player, a great basketball player. But he talked about mental health and, and confidence. We all have issues with confidence at times, and it's how you learn to deal with it. All right, our number here is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're listening on the app, on your iPhone. Want to hear from you if you're listening in your car, at home. Our number is 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, how do you build confidence? How do you develop it? And how do you destroy it? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. and look forward to talking with you each week. Today's topic is the issue of self-confidence. Have some great calls so far. We have a wide open phone board right now, so I'd like to hear from you. How do you build confidence in your athletes as a coach? What do you say to them? How do you instruct them? How do you guide them? How do you coach them on mindsets? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you. We have a wide open phone board, as I said, now's your chance to call in. If you're an athlete or have been an athlete and you have lost your confidence along the way at some point, what happened? Why did it go away? Why did you lose it? How did you get it back? Or did you get it back? What did someone say to you or what happened with your performance that caused you to lose it? As I said, 913-3810-810 is our number. Stated earlier, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. I truly believe that. And, you know, as a sports psychologist, I work with people who have confidence issues. And so often, it ends up the confidence issue is caused by a teammate, a coach, a parent, 
who says something derogatory to that person about the way they played or about their performance. And oftentimes it's because they failed, not because they weren't trying, they just didn't succeed. You know, we are easily impacted by what people say and how people act around us. There's a Major League Baseball player I worked with for years. And he pitched for the Phillies at one point. His family was in the stands. He was a very, very successful athlete. Multiple-time All-Star. And he did not pitch well and was brought out of the game after being successful for like 20 games in a row as a relief pitcher. His mother, girlfriend, three kids were all sitting right behind the dugout. And a man got extremely derogatory, cursing him out, calling him names. He walked into the dugout. The security guy said, do you want me to say something? He said, yeah, my family's sitting right there. They went up. That guy ended up getting evicted, kicked out of the game. He was drunk, out of control. And this pitcher called me after the game we talked about. It. He said, Doc, you know, you've told me so much about self-focus. That was one of the times I wanted to go into the stands. But I couldn't. It was wrong. I had somebody else take care of it. And I talked with my family about it. They understand. They understood it was part of the game. He goes, but I'm not going to let that affect how I feel about myself. I, I didn't pitch well today. You know, that guy had a right to be upset with me. He's a fan. He can say whatever he wants. But parading me and my family goes over the edge. He goes, that's stuff I don't want to hear. But I'm not going to let that affect me because that's not me. I know who I am. i got to focus on why I didn't do well and get better next time. It was about him. He focused on himself. That's what this comes down to. It's about you. All right, 913-3810-810 is our number. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you build confidence in your athletes? How do you help them overcome failures and not let it affect their confidence. Let's see what Peter has to say. Peter, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you today? Great. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I was calling in. I have a 15-year-old daughter who plays club volleyball, high school volleyball. One of the things that we've had to work on with her for a long time, she has good ability, good talent, but the one muscle that she struggles with most is her head. And uh, what I mean by that is, obviously, when she starts to play poorly, it just implodes. She wants to do it perfectly. She wants to do it right. She hits the ball in the net the first time, then the second time, and it just gets worse, and, and then the rest of her play is down. And um, she is seen as one of the leaders on the team, and you can see it on her face. She doesn't have a poker face, and when she's stressed, it stresses the rest of the team, and it just kind of pulls them all down. And the one thing that I can do just as a parent – I'm not her coach. She doesn't always want to hear what I have to say. Uh, but just tell her, hey, I love watching you play, and I just want to see you have fun. Um, Those, and, excuse and me, that is exactly the right thing to be saying, by the way. Go go, go on. I appreciate that. Yeah, and those are the things I've read. I mean, I, I, I tried coaching her once when, I, when she was little, and it stressed me out too much. I had to pull myself out of that. But um, Wise decision. I don't know how to help her when she's on the court. And when I see that stuff start happening, she did a really well when she played high school ball. Um, she, as a freshman, they put her on the, um, the varsity team. And playing against some of that talent, some of those 18-year-old girls that she saw that were getting offers from uh, Division One schools, and she was doing well and holding her own against it, that built up her confidence. 
but now with her club team, um, she just it's it's rocked her world again. She had an injury and she was out for a few weeks, and of course came back rusty, and uh, it, it's it's kind of flipped her back around again. And I don't know how to get her mind right. Um, been talking to the coaches; they tell her, "Yeah, we're with you. We're supporting you." Just like the gentleman said uh, earlier, you know. Um, we're going to rock this with you. It would do this. Um, but I don't know how to help her afterwards. I mean, yesterday was really bad. She had a um, the coach of the opposing team. is actually her, the guy she's dating's dad. And he knew that she was going to be nervous going into that. And they literally, when she was on the back row, served to her every single time. I, I watched them. His assistant coach would call her uh, position and – looked to seek out where she was, and she shanked a couple um, server seeds. It was really difficult for my daughter, and she was really emotionally affected by that. Um, and, and then the opposing coach even came over to my daughter's mom and said, hey, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's a game we got to win. But those are the sort of things that really affect her, and I don't know how to pull her out of it. Well, first of all, Peter, I'm glad you called. Let's see if we can talk about this. I mean, this is what I work with people on privately, first of all, so – uh, sure. you know, that's why I work with a lot of people on this. But but let, let's talk about that. First of all, why is your daughter playing volleyball? Well, she does love it. She loves being out there with her teammates, and she, she loves volleyball. It, but she wants to do it right. You know what I'm saying? She wants to be perfect at okay, it. Okay, okay. Well, let, let, let's stop right there and, and, and focus on that. Yep. First of all, your job as a parent is not to fix this because you can't. I, I mean, it's not going to yep. work because – you're going to try to solve it. She, you know, she's at it. How old did you say? She's 14? 15. 15. Well, unfortunately, she's probably not going to listen too much to you because you're – I mean, she'll listen to you some, but obviously, you know, 15-year-olds don't listen to their parents that much. Um, right. Or they'll block out what they want to hear. But I think the key thing is this. You just hit on something, the perfection issue. One thing I would talk to her about, you're trying to be perfect. Ask her who she – who have, have you ever met who's perfect? And I would talk about failure. I would talk about how every great athlete fails. Every great athlete in every sport fails. I don't care who you are. And, the, 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 you know, I don't know statistics in volleyball that well. I mean, Misty May Trainer and, and Kerry Walsh did not win a gold medal every time they played in the Olympics. I mean, no one comes in first place all the time. Right. You know, I would use the example of Michael Jordan's shooting percentage was 50%. Kobe Bryant is going to the Hall of Fame. He missed more shots in basketball than anybody's ever missed. All right, we're all going to screw up and fail. So I think one of the things she has to learn here, it's, it's okay to screw up, okay, and to not beat yourself up. That's why in our book we talk about embracing failure can lead to fun because I think we don't teach kids at younger ages that failure is okay. Not that you have to want to fail. It's okay in the sense that you're going to fail. I, mean, I don't care who you are, you're going to screw up. I mean, and so I, what I would do, Peter, is I would share with her a couple of situations maybe you and her mother can talk with her about, you know, look. We make mistakes. We made mistakes. And share a couple situations with her where you've screwed up before, where you learn from that. And let her know that it's okay. Say, look, the, the goal has to be what you said. We love you, having fun, learning skills, getting better. And I would talk with her coach about it. I mean, quite frankly, what, what the, her boyfriend's uh, father did, it seems like he was setting her up, up to fail. And... I would, I would agree. I, I mean, that, that seemed a little bit harsh to me right there. Well, sorry we had to win. Well, you know what? If this is your, your son's gr girlfriend and she's continuing to fail, why, you know, is winning that important or whatever? I mean, I, you know, there, there's something psychological going on there. Okay, so I, I'm not going to get into that right now, but that seemed a little weird. 
All right, so my point is this. I think your job right now with her is to try to help her understand that it's okay. I would sit down with her coach and say, look, coach, uh, she's having some confidence issues. I want you to be aware of it. Maybe there's some things you can tell her. She's so screwed up about failing that, that it's messing with her head. Try, we've got to work with her on trying to get her to understand it's okay and that you can learn from it and grow from it. And, and I use some examples about you and, and, and your wife with her, okay, where, like I said, you've learned from that. And get her to under, try to take some of the pressure off because I think she's trying too hard. She's putting too, too much pressure on herself. And the result is she, she's going to be in this situation. Yeah, yeah, very good. Thank you. Okay, well, good luck. If I can help you out, feel free to call me because, like I said, this is what I do with young people on all the time. But good luck, Peter. Hopefully you'll, you'll, things will get better. Thanks for your Thank call. You very much. All right, 913-3810-810 is our number. Confidence is the ability to believe in yourself. And that call right there exemplifies, to me, sounds like a great parent. He's saying the right things, doing the right things. But his daughter wants to, to as he said, wants to be perfect. We have this whole thing about perfection. You know, I've never met anyone who's perfect. When I was married, I used to say it was my mother-in-law, but I'm not married anymore. Who's perfect? Nobody. Everyone screws up. The greatest athletes in the world screw up. You know, I was the Royal Psychologist for a long time. 1990, I got to work, be with the team when George Brett won his third batting title. I admire the heck out of George Brett. I'll tell you that right now. I got to know him quite well that year, and I got to know him in a different way than obviously most people as the team psychologist. He was struggling earlier in the year, and he ended up winning the batting title. Why? Because he knew he believed in himself. He knew he could overcome it, and he did. George Brett's in the Hall of Fame. His career batting average is what, 306, 310, something like that? 300. It's over 300. He failed seven times out of 10. He failed more than twice as many times as he succeeded. He's in the Hall of Fame. We're going to screw up. Confidence is about learning to deal with negativity, failure, bullies, condescending people. Because there are people who are jealous, people who are insecure, people are going to pick on you because you're doing well and they're not. Confidence is the ability to believe that you're good enough to overcome that. It's not about feeling good about when you succeed. It's about feeling good about when you fail. I always ask this question. Do you have to be confident to be successful? Or do you have to be successful to be confident? I believe you need to be confident to be successful because you need them both. But if you're confident and you fail, you'll be bummed. You'll be disappointed. But you're not going to be down because, you know, hey, I know I can come back. I know I'm good enough. It's all right. But if you have to be successful to be confident, then when you fail, your confidence is shot. Whoever wins today between KU and Duke, we will hear the word confidence mentioned in the post-game press conference by whichever coach wins, whichever players win. I promise you that word will come up. The confidence word will be part of it. The Royals open the season this year. Baseball starts. We'll be hearing the word about. We'll be hearing about confidence all the time, and the teams that start off well will talk about they've got confidence, and the teams that don't, they'll talk about how they're lacking it. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. You can listen on the WHB app on your phone, on your computer, and obviously listen on your radio in your car. You can reach me several ways. My 
Twitter account is at a sports psych at D-R-J-S-P-R-T-P-S-Y-C-H. My website is winnersunlimited.com, W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com. Check out the CDs, digital downloads I have for relaxation visualization exercises on there. My office number is 816-561-5556, 816-561-5556. I am taking on new clients, give talks on these topics all the time. Hope you enjoy the show. There are podcasts here at Sports Radio 10 WHB and on my website and on my Twitter account. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great day. We're in the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll